Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today is November 11th, which is Veterans Day, a day to honor and recognize our living veterans for their service and sacrifice for our freedom. At Samaritan's Purse, we have over 90 veterans serving within the ministry. We're so thankful for every veteran of our nation, and we're grateful to have so many working here at Samaritan's Purse, in Jesus' name. Today, we wanted to introduce you to one of our veterans, a staff member who serves for Operation Heal Our Patriots. As a veteran, we knew Chaplain Luis Onda was a perfect guest for Veterans Day. Lou and his wife, Brenda, live in Texas, and they have been serving with Operation Heal Our Patriots as a South Central Regional Chaplain. Lou served both in the Navy and the Army, and I'm grateful to hear his reflections and insight in his years of service and now what he does for Samaritan's Purse. So, Lou, thank you so much for taking a break from the OHOP training that you've been doing. You're here in town for that. And so while you were here in Blowing Rock, we wanted to just sit down with you. So since you're newer to Samaritan's Purse, would you mind introducing yourself and tell me what you do with Samaritan's Purse? Sure. Um, my name is Luis Onda, but I go by Lou, mm-hmm. and I'm one of the uh, regional chaplains with Operation Healer Patriots, and I work out of Texas, but I'm the South Central Regional Chaplain, and currently also covering down for the West Coast until we hire on some uh, newly um, vetted elect chaplains into the organization. Mm-hmm. And how did you how did you come to work with Samaritan's Purse, or how did the Lord lead you here? Yeah. Um, so in 2014. Uh, Brenda and I, my wife, we went to the Cove, mm-hmm. and the BGA was offering a um, ministry um, marriage retreat for chaplains that are in the military. And my wife and I attended that, and we heard uh, Jim Fisher, who was the former uh, chaplain, speak of OHOP, Operation Healer Patriots. And um, then uh, that was the first time I heard about it, and then in 20. Uh, 17 and 2018, we heard about it again. Mm-hmm. And then in 2018, uh, I was like, you know what, I this is, I really want to do this. And, uh, but that, so that's really where it started. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so can you talk to me about this summer you went to Alaska? Yeah. Was that your first time at Operation Healer Patriots in yeah, Fort Allsworth? Yeah, it was. It really was. Can you talk to me about what, what your time like that, what it did for you personally, but also what you saw in the couples? Yeah, um, for me, the power prayer is um, about the best way I could describe it is like um, Israel has the dome that protects Israel. And I really felt like that the power of prayer was a dome over Port Allsworth, over these couples. Mm -hmm. And um, the enemy tried to penetrate the dome. Mm -hmm. And even when he tried, even something got through, it was like it was just repelled. It was pushed back. The darkness was pushed back. And so there was this peace that I even felt. And I knew it wasn't me, and I knew it wasn't the chaplains that were up there, but it was the prayer, the power of prayer that was going to the heavens. Mm-hmm. And I, I just could tell. And, and even coming home, you could just feel the difference mm-hmm. of uh, the spiritual warfare, if I may. And uh, just that experience of uh, these men and women who volunteer, who give of their time, mm-hmm. um, and just surrender in some aspect to God's calling in their own lives. Um, they come from different walks of life around the around the U.S. to come and volunteer and say, hey, we want to be part of Operation Healer Patriots. We want to give back mm-hmm. um, because of the freedom that we have that these men and women, these husbands and wives have sacrificed mm-hmm. with the number of deployments, with the injuries, with the wounds and the scars. Mm-hmm. And we want to be part of that. And just that prayer 
mm-hmm. um, for me, was just powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing lives transformed, just seeing um, marriages um, rekindled, renewed. Um, you know, when there's brokenness, when there's scars, when they're talking about traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress, and to be able to come someplace where they can just be them mm-hmm. with all of that baggage, if I may, uh, and say, you know what, I'm carrying this, but people love me even though they know what I'm carrying. Mm-hmm. And they want to continue to love me even with my wounds and my scars. And just so seeing these men and women's marriages just come together um, through prayer, coming together, uh, tears, um, coming together in salvations, you know, mm-hmm. baptisms, renewal of their marriage vows. Mm-hmm. It's just powerful. Um, honestly, didn't want to come home. because <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And like they would say, you know, we're coming back to reality in some aspect. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so Veterans Day is coming up mm-hmm. next week. And so that's what we want to spend some time talking about today too. Um, prior to serving with Samaritan's Purse, you mm-hmm. served in the military. Can you talk to me about what you did? Um, and thank you for your service um, you. and all that you've done. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, can you tell me what you did for the military? Sure. Um, so I was in the Navy for mm-hmm. nine years, nine months, one week, one day. <laughs> um, I was an electrician and diver on board uh, nuclear-powered submarines during the Cold War. Mm-hmm. I did that for a few years, and then I was on the deep submergence rescue vehicles, which used to rescue the crew of a sunken sub. And then I taught uh, SEER school, which is survival, mm-hmm. evasion, resistance, escape for two years, uh, a program that's set up or a class that's set up for uh, special forces um, and pilots if they are captured down to what have you to learn how to survive mm-hmm. um, a uh, evading to, to get to safety or a prisoner of war situation. So I did that while I was in the Navy. I was enlisted and then uh, had about a 15-year break. And uh, the Lord called me to come in the ministry at the age of 40. Mm-hmm. And so went to seminary and um, I knew he was calling me to be an Army chaplain. Uh, so literally when my wife and I, Brenda, when we surrendered to the ministry, mm-hmm. um, started seminary in January of, uh, 2004. And by September of 2008, I was in the army as an army chaplain mm-hmm. and, uh, deployed Iraq and Afghanistan as an army chaplain. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you have served in two different branches, yep. enlisted, then an officer. Um, I mean, talk about a full spectrum and perspective that you have. Can you talk to me about, I mean, People joke about the different uh, branches, but obviously we're, we all serve, you know, mm-hmm. on the same team. So talk to me about what you learned just from the two different perspectives. Um, I think number one, being enlisted is a different perspective mm-hmm. than being an officer. Mm-hmm. Um, as an enlisted, uh, you become, so lack of a better word, the war course, if I may, you know, um, not that the officers don't have the responsibility, but the reality is, is you're the one that's, mm-hmm. you know, getting dirty. You're the one mm-hmm. that's working on the equipment. You're the one that's really just out in the front. Um, and not that officers are not, and with good leaders, because you've had a lot of good officers that are leaders, but there's a um, just a difference mm-hmm. in persona. There's a difference in, of course, the uniform with rank structure. Um, many people ask me, you know, what I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, that's two different times of my life. Mm-hmm. I loved being in the Navy. I loved being a submariner, especially during the Cold War. I loved what I did as an enlisted guy, but also love what I did as a chaplain mm-hmm. um, because of the lives that the Lord allowed me to minister with my wife and I. Um, the fact that you're, because I was not a Christian in the Navy. Hmm. I didn't, Christ didn't come into my life 
till I was 28. Mm. And so my last two years in the Navy is when I was a Christian. So coming in as an Army chaplain, um, totally different. Um, you're in a different warfare. You're in a different spectrum. You're not only an officer, but you're also a soldier for the gospel. You're an officer, uh, staff officer. You're a chaplain. Mm-hmm. And so you have different roles um, as an officer and a chaplain. Mm-hmm. So amazing. And I just love the way that God uses gifts, talents, and backgrounds, uh, you know, for His glory. And it it just seems perfect how He brought you here to Operation Healer Patriots, because you do. You want, you probably understand so many different—all these soldiers, so many—because when they come to Operation Healer Patriots, they're all different backgrounds, yes. all different branches, all different upbringings, mm-hmm. enlisted, officer. It doesn't matter. You know, we just—we bring everybody. Um, and at the end of the day, we all need Christ. That's Amen. the common denominator, and that is, you know, why this ministry is different than any other. Um mm-hmm. So talk to me about, um, as a veteran and now serving veterans, um, talk to me about what Veterans Day means to you. Well, um, I think just the essence of freedom. I truly don't think the majority of our nation understands what freedom really is and the cost of freedom, Um, myself included at times. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, When I think of being free— as a U.S. citizen, I also realized that that came at a great cost. And not just to be flippant, but it's more than just the soldier, the Marine, the airman, you know, um, uh, the, the sailor who died in combat, but it's also the families. And my father was from Ecuador, South America, and my father understood what it was to um, give and sacrifice, he became a U.S. citizen. Hmm. And he came to this country because he saw something bigger than, than was my dad. And freedom is bigger than an individual. Mm-hmm. I know when you think of what less than 1% serve in the military, um, like you said, the ones that have served, you know, I think our family members, they get they get what service means. I mean, our friends have lost, you know, their friends have lost their dad. Um, they've watched people get wounded. So our kids understand a little bit. But I think you, it's still hard to really, unless you've traveled the world or you have parents that came from another country. And I, I do, I wish, I sometimes I wish we could all go through the immigration process, you know, like taking the test and watching what immigrants do to become a citizen because we all take it for granted. Um, it's like air. You know, we just take uh, take it for granted. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, I was actually just reading today, Isaiah 9, you know, when it said, Jesus, the government is on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, you know, just, and that is comforting me right now in the election. You know, it's like at the end of the day, I mean, yes, our allegiance is, we are Americans. Yeah. We love our flag. We love our country. And I'm yeah. sure for you, you've worn a flag on your shoulder many years, but the cross— Right. Um, it's it's an even greater freedom, That's right. you know. Um, but I think America is a good symbolism, but the cross is that ultimate freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, they say there's only two defining forces that have ever offered to die for you. You That's know, right. the, the American soldier, you know, and Jesus Christ. Right. And so, as believers, I think we do understand freedom. Hopefully, if we yeah. understand the cross, yeah. um, and then as Americans, you know, we un- we do understand it. Um, yeah. But I think both of them, we take them for granted. Yeah. yeah, I think that, if I may, that citizenship aspect, you know, my dad became a U.S., quotes, citizen um, 
but he was not a citizen of the eternal kingdom. Mm. And for me, and and I struggled with this for a bit, Mm. understanding my citizenship, U.S. citizenship, um, but I was still enslaved. I was still enslaved to sin. I was still in bondage. And so I wasn't free. I might have been free as a citizen, mm. but I was not free regard to sin. And so when I, Christ came into my life, I became free indeed. Mm-hmm. And so a person can be the U.S. citizen. They can be a citizen of any country. But if they know not Christ, mm-hmm. they're still enslaved to a past. They're still... Um, uh, have a yoke, if I may, mm-hmm. upon them mm-hmm. that uh, brings them down. Whereas me, hey, this is not my home, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, like you said, you know, Jesus is still on the throne. We were talking about mm-hmm. this morning. He's the King of Kings, and He was Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. And I'm free, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I love that you served. As a non-believer, you know, non-believer, and then you accepted Christ, and then you came back to the service. Um, how was your service different? I mean, obviously, your job was different, mm-hmm. um, but how did you even, uh, you know, the military is like a brotherhood, you know, the, the the band of brothers and the the. So, how was your relationships even different within the military? Yeah, you know, um, I think Paul, um, you know, before Christ and the. People, the many Christians who he see, sought to destroy, but yet, where did he go back to? He went back to the Gentiles. He went to the Jews. Mm-hmm. He went to um, what he knew. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, because Christ came into my life when I was in the Navy, um, you know, I was seven years in the Navy before I became a Christian. And no one ever sat and spoke with me about Christ. No one ever shared in the military, if I may, of the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, um, I went to church, but I was not a Christian. I believed in God, mm-hmm. but I was not a Christian. Um, and the demons believe and they tremble. And so coming in as an army chaplain to be able to go back and just say, man, there's a hope. This military career is great. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love what we do. Um, but there is one whom can deliver you. There's one whom who can restore your marriages. There's one who can give you a hope, can give you a peace that passes understanding that, yeah, there's excitement in the military, mm-hmm. um, but there's more excitement being a soldier for the cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have found more ministry, more excitement, um, more of a thrill, if I may, being a Christian in the military um, because it's a different, it's a different army. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, souls are at stake. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you deploy and <clears throat> you see a suicide bomber, you know, and he uh, takes the lives of six people, you wonder, you know, did they know Christ? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you see six coffins draped in red, white, and blue and um, 22 coffins within nine months mm-hmm. in, in American flags. And so the passion to continue to minister to these men and women and to let them know there's there is hope, there is joy, there's peace, there's restoration, there's reconciliation, there's mm-hmm. redemption. You know, there's no sin so deep that Christ cannot go deeper still. I know many people talk of that, but but I was that guy. Mm-hmm. I was that guy that the Lord just came in and took out of the mire. I'm not perfect, man. I still struggle with the old guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is I've got one who has set me free. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, as a chaplain, I'm sure you have done many funerals and memorial services and um, sat with many um, that have lost brothers, um, which is just heavy and hard, but especially if they don't know Christ. Um, So talk to me about how you ministered um, and how the Lord ministered to you in those hard times, because here you were grieving um, and hurting, and yet you had to go and tell people the worst news um, or comfort. Um, How did the Lord comfort you, and what scriptures did He give you in those times? Um, Yeah, so Psalm 119 was my food. Um, My wife and I, Brenda, we um, went through a rough go, you know, um, being in Iraq and Mosul. And um, a lot of guys, man, you're the chaplain, you know, and I'm like, and I'm also flesh and blood, mm-hmm. you know, so we struggle. And Psalm 119 was my food. Um, the Lord put godly men in my life, mm-hmm. uh, men that I could talk to, men that I could share. Um, you know, Bryn and I, we sought counseling. I'm in, I'm in Iraq, and she's back in Kentucky, and we sought counseling um, together um, before Zoom. But nonetheless, um, it was through the fellowship. It was through prayer. It was through, honestly— Repentance. It was through a lot of just being in God's word and, um, you know, hungering and thirsting for his righteousness mm-hmm. because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about Brenda, but it was about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It was about the gospel. And, you know, um, in Afghanistan, um, it was another brother, another chaplain, you know, um, great guy, uh, Ike. We call him Ike. Um, and he and I would just sit in the chow hall in uh, Bagram. Afghanistan, and we would just care for one another. We'd cry. We would laugh. Um, but it was a brother sharpening brother's arm, you know, iron, sharpening iron. And um, being able to have someone that you could share what you're struggling with, mm-hmm. you know, um, crying out to the Lord, being, you know, real with the Lord. Lord, I'm just angry. Mm-hmm. I'm angry what just happened right now. Um, I need you. And mm-hmm. to um, just be in the—honestly, it was just Psalm 119. I think the Psalms was my biggest food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, because I love—I mean, not all of them were by David, but many, and he just taught us how to be real. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think as Christians we have to suck it up and everything's great, That's right. Joy, you know, rejoice always, you know, so much of Paul's, which is true, Yes. but I think they're, we're human. And so for you to be a leader um, that, A, t- did counseling yourself and said, I can't, I can't do this, mm-hmm. you know, and you showed humility and you showed a dependence and a need for the Lord and need for help. Yes. That's a great leader. Um, that's, you know, that's— what is needed, um, because there are some that just think they have to sh- soldier on and keep going and suck it up. And um, yes. and then before you know it, your marriage is gone and, you know, you've just lost everything. Um, so I'm thankful for leaders like you. So so what is it like now? Um, obviously, as a chaplain, uh, you were in ministry, but I know uh, your hands can be a little tied sometimes just because as, you know, in the uniform. Um, now you're serving in an evangelical ministry where— uh, you can share the gospel and you can speak of Jesus um, all the time. Yes. Um, you never have to hold back. So, what are the similarities and what are the um, and what's different about serving now full time here at Samaritan's Purse? Yeah, um, I love that question because um, before Brenda and I got out of the army, as a matter of fact, I started with Samaritan's Purse before I even was out of the army. Hmm. And so, I'm actually coming up on my one year anniversary on the 28th of November. That's since I've been out. But Brenda and I, both of us. Um, we had decided long ago that we wanted to work for Samaritan's Purse. It didn't matter if we would have been driving a truck, volunteering, 
um, whatever it was. And so we had already made the determination in our hearts we were going to move to Boone and apply um, because we wanted to be, we wanted to continue to serve the Lord in ministry, but we wanted to be more so bold for the gospel. Sometimes in the military, it's difficult to be a bold Christian. Uh, sometimes in the military, even chaplains, there was always wondering, okay, am I going to, is someone going to file a complaint? Is someone going to file an EEO complaint? Because I said that Jesus is the only way to eternal life, unapologetically. And not that I'm not going to love you, not that I'm not going to care about you, but the fact of the matter is, is that's where Christ delivered me. And so there is that hope. Um, so working with Operation Healer Patriots now to be bold for the gospel, it's like there's no reserve. I mean, I'm just, I can be bold as one I want to be. I'm not worried about someone getting ready to, you know, I've got to go to UCMJ, which is a unified uh, court martial, excuse me, and um, because I said that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Um, and, we, and we wanted to end our lives that way, if I may, in our marriage, just to, um, yeah, unapologetically, Jesus is the only way. I'm not going to apologize for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't mean I don't love you. No, it means because I do love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when Edward got out of the Army, I was devastated. I'm an Army brat. It's all I've ever known. I loved everything about it. Uh, I wanted him to, to stay in until, you know, he had to get out. Um, and so I was devastated. But that it was something that we've seen. And actually, we just recently went to a funeral uh, for a friend, and Edward spoke. And, you know, not in uniform. He could say whatever he wanted. So he shared the Good Samaritan, and he shared, you know, just how this friend was one of, you know, a Good Samaritan who helped and, you know, shared the gospel. You know, and the chaplain said, thank you. You yes. know, I can't say that anymore. Um, you know, he he— He's read Psalm 23, and he talked about God, but, you know, he said, I, my hands are tied, and I can't say, you know, I have to be careful when because the, the guys were in formation, you know, yes. and when they're standing in formation, he's a little more tied. Obviously, one-on-one, and when you're doing counseling, you have a little more freedom. Mm-hmm. But, you know, God just sweetly showed us, um, you can still do ministry that's for right. the military, because that's my heart, too. I just love serving military because knowing the burdens and what they've been through, especially the family members, yeah. um, we have a heart for it, and now God's shown us you can still serve. That's right. It's different. Right. It is. Um, and you'll always miss it and you'll always grieve it because I think, you know, once once a military, always a military. Amen. And that's something I also wanted to talk to. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but we chose to get out. Um, it was our choice, but it was still hard. Yep. How is it hard? And how has God, um, and do you still fight that? Because that's what I think telling people, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I was actually um, forced to get out. Mm-hmm. I was medically boarded. Okay. Uh, so... Um, I got to the point where physically I could just not go up and down my stairs, mm-hmm. and I was going up on my stairs on all fours just to get up to, to literally live somewhat of a life, if I may, uh, trying to maintain the mm-hmm. Army status quo, you know, being physically fit. And um, uh, my body just broke down. And so literally I was actually, um, even though the blessing was that I had 21 years and three months military-wise combined service, uh, medically I just— mm-hmm. Yeah, it came to a point where they're like, okay. Um, I was like, hey, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a deployment coming up. And I knew that, uh, you know, as a guy who can sometimes can't maintain that status quo, mm-hmm. do I become um, a casualty, if I may, or, or mm-hmm. a hazard mm-hmm. or uh, whatever. And so I uh, was medically boarded and began that process in April of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then was finally... Um, discharged on the 28th of November. But Mm -hmm. so when these guys speak of Mm -hmm. not being able to continue to finish, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was difficult. You know, 57-year-old man who 
came in and gave it all he had, just like many of these men and women do. And then you're told, hey, um, you know, appreciate what you did, mm-hmm. um, but you can't maintain anymore. It's really uh, affects the mind, affects the psyche, especially I think when they're young, young men and women who are injured or whatever it may be. And now they're like, their whole hope was, hey, I'm going to do 20 years and I'm going to be the command sergeant major or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, it is difficult, but to hopefully through OHOP be able to say, hey, you know, there's a different army mm-hmm. and there's a different army that that is through the gospel of Jesus Christ that'll take you places you never thought you'd go. I mean, I never thought I'd be a chaplain in the United States Army. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd be flying around on a Black Hawk you know, or Chinook, that was never in my radar screen. Mm -hmm. But obedience, Mm -hmm. um, Christ came into my life, man. He took me places Mm -hmm. that never dreamed of. Mm -hmm. And I think for these couples to be able to say, yeah, you know, we're sinners. We need a savior. Um, Lean on Christ, give Christ your life. And man, he, like I said, he will restore what the maws have eaten. He will Mm -hmm. give you back what you never dreamed of. Mm-hmm. That's not the reason to come to Christ because reality of it is, is coming to Christ means, hey, you know what? I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, until we come to that point, mm-hmm. realizing that I've got nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we say, well, I just want to become a Christian because I want these things is a false gospel. But the reality of it is, is that there was one who can give you a freedom who died for you, just as you are willing to sacrifice your own life, mm-hmm. he sacrificed it mm-hmm. for your sin. Um, and that gift just keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think that there's a, a brokenness physically, yeah, mm-hmm. but more so spiritually. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's wonderful and that's powerful. And that's something that Edward and I have learned over the past two years getting out, you know, is that our identity, you know, we always— we love Jesus, and we were followers, and we would always say He's our first. But I think we a lot of our identity was in the military and in your in His For uniform sure. and what He did, and getting out, you know, revealed, stripped away. Who am I, you know, and and what yeah. is my hope and my identity? For us, being longtime Christians, to have found that, I can only imagine for people that didn't have the Lord, and it truly was everything. They yes. they so a lot of people join the military to escape, you know, or to get away from home or to to have yes. a hope in a future, and and then when that's taken away, what do they do now? Um, and so I love this ministry, and I love the way that it gets to the heart. It's not a Band-Aid. You know, it's not a fun hunting trip. It's not just a fun uh, getaway in memory. It is truly to to share them with Christ. And I think sometimes it's hard because these guys— they would they would die for their brother. You know, they they do have a selfless mentality, but accepting that from someone else and and surrendering and that humility is sometimes hard yeah. for soldiers. Um, it is. And so I'm thankful for leaders like you. Mm. Um, that have the experience and you you get, you can talk the lingo and, and understand where they're coming from. You're not talking at them, you're talking mm-hmm. with them because you're one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to share that with them is is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we're glad to have you. And, you. Um, and just, I know you touched on a little bit, but what surprised you the most? Um, you knew a lot about Samaritan's Purse and Operation Healer Patriots, but then going through it, what has surprised you in this past year? I think for me, I think what surprised me was the amount of people who are willing to sacrificially give of not just their time, but their finances 
and even people who are not even believers who are wanting to give to something that's bigger than them, mm-hmm. um, sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's a different sacrifice, you know, and we can speak of that sacrifice of a family when you deploy or whatever, mm-hmm. but this is, um, a sacrifice that's, there's no contract. There's no, you know, raising your right hand. Mm-hmm. It's where sacrifice that says, man, I, I love you. Um, I love you because of your wounds. I love you because what you've given. Uh, I love you, military families, um, because maybe I couldn't serve or I couldn't give, mm-hmm. but I want to give to something, again, that's bigger than me. And I think that's what surprised me the most mm-hmm. was the amount of love throughout this nation and around the world mm-hmm. that's willing to give, not just of their time, but of their financial blessings, right? Mm-hmm. That ultimately the reality of it is, is even what you have is not even yours. It's God's. Mm-hmm. I mean, David talks of that, you know, and um, that's probably impressed me the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the volunteers um, and the the yeah. supporters of the ministry and to get to meet them is just a huge blessing. Um, so as we close and wrap up, um, how can you know, for, for maybe somebody listening that doesn't know a veteran personally like you do, um, how can we be praying for our veterans and their families um, and people maybe that are actually deployed right now? How can yeah. we pray for them? Um, pray for just a calmness. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I think there's a lot of anxiety, again, because of the elections, because of what's lying ahead, maybe that we don't know, God knows. But pray just for peace. Mm-hmm. Um, pray for reconciliation in marriages that are struggling. Um, I pray for the children of these uh, veterans whom have lost a mom or lost a dad. You know, every anniversary um, is difficult. And so for me, December 21st, you know, when I saw what I did in Afghanistan, every year there's six military families Mm -hmm. who are reliving that phone call that your loved one has died. Um, pray for just to be able to get through that day, um, to be able to get up in the morning, to be able to look at the sky, to be able to look at their kids and say, you know, it's going to be okay uh, because we have the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray for salvation mm-hmm. for many of our veterans who, uh, homeless veterans, we have so many homeless veterans, which to me is a travesty. You know, uh, one of the wealthiest nations in the world and we have so many people who have no food or have no place for shelter. So, mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think, um, yes, people that have lost, um, it just never goes away. It's a scar that they carry forever, you know, and, and some of our veterans have physical scars that we see that are obvious, but all of them have you know, wounds um, and memories. And yeah, every Veterans Day, every Memorial Day, every yeah anniversary of when they saw somebody get killed, um, it's it's brought back, never goes away. You know, it's not a, oh, it's been a year, we're done. It's forever. Yeah, it's not a and so I think just if, you know, and that's why we urge people, thank a veteran, you know, thank them Amen. for their service. Yeah. Um, thank the kids, you know, I especially have a heart for kids because they didn't choose this life. You know, mom and dad, are, are pretty on board with it and, and make that choice, but the kids don't. Yeah. Um, and they sacrifice a lot too. So um, thank you so much. No, thank you. Um, would you mind um, just praying as we close for our families and um, yeah, as you share sure. those prayer requests? Yeah, for sure. Almighty Father, um, 
We thank you, God, that you've allowed us to live in a nation that is free. We thank you, Lord, that you've blessed richly um, this nation. Um, Lord, uh, just ask, Lord, that uh, right now and just in the midst of all the transition and all that's going on, Father, this does not take you by surprise. Mm-hmm. Leaders are water in your hand. Father, you, God of heaven, are on the throne of all nations, whether there's belief or unbelief. The reality is, Lord, we need you. These couples need you. These marriages need you that are in the military, um, that are not in the military, who have been medically wounded, discharged, that you, God of heaven, would move mightily in their lives, that you would restore marriages, that you'd bring healing and restoration to these families, to the children who um, every year want to know what happened and uh, maybe struggle with just in that. Lord, we know that we have many of our military that are in harm's way right now, uh, fighting for and willing to lay down their lives for um, a freedom uh, that's back in these states that is, um, if I may, gone wild. Um, that's uh, really just gone against anything, Lord, Heavenly Father, that is from above. And so pray your protection. Pray that you would lead us as a nation. Pray that you would forgive us as a nation. And pray, God of heaven, that your hand would be upon uh, these men and women, these families, especially with Veterans Day coming up, that you, God of heaven, would uh, just uh, bring compassion bring healing, bring hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know I loved hearing Lou's reflections on his time in the military and his heart for ministry here at Samaritan's Purse. We're grateful that he and his wife, Brenda, are in the Samaritan's Purse family. I love Lou's humility and leadership and the way that he can minister and disciple couples in Operation Heal Our Patriots, both from experience as a service member, but also biblical counsel as a chaplain. I love this quote by Douglas MacArthur, which says, The soldier above all prays for peace, for it is the soldier who must suffer and bear the deepest wounds and scars of war. End of quote. Veterans, as Lou said, carry deep wounds, both visible and invisible, and they know the cost of freedom deeper than anyone else. And as I mentioned earlier, there are over 90 veterans serving within the Ministry of Samaritan's Purse. We spoke with a few of our veterans for an episode for On the Ground. So if you want to hear it, check out On the Ground for a bonus Veterans Day episode. Samaritan's Purse wants to thank all our veterans and their families for their service and sacrifice to our country. When I talked with Edward for this episode, he expressed his gratitude and thankfulness for each veteran serving within the ministry. So to all the the veterans, especially our staff that have served, I say thank you um, for willing to step out and, and toe that line. Um, to go where others maybe didn't think they could or didn't have the opportunity to go. So thank you. Um, but also, I would tell you that service isn't over. You know, to this nation, you know, we're serve, we serve Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But I think God has gifted us and entrusted us with a wonderful country. And just because we might not put the uniform on anymore, doesn't mean we don't stop stop serving this country that He's given to us. And it's been a precious gift, and it's been hard fought. And it's been a great cost to many people. And uh, so thank you. Keep pushing hard. Um, keep fighting for this country. And, you know, the fact that you can do that here at Samaritan's Purse. Uh, again, I'm just appreciative of so many men and women around surrounding us here that have done that. And it is a talent pool that we can tap into that um, that the leadership experiences that come from that. You, I see it all around here. We're surrounded by talent at Samaritan's Purse, that people do well and and uh, during confrontation or people that do well during crisis um, that are calm and make good decisions. 
a lot of that's gained at a cost in, in combat or in military service. So um, I'm just, again, so appreciative of our staff that have done that. We truly are thankful for our freedom, and we know that you veterans have carried that burden as you served our nation. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. Thank you.